Hey everyone, welcome back to the Yona Pod. It is I, Evan, lover of Yona. I cannot think of a weird way to befuddle Alex with my uh, intro this week. So I'm just a, a Yona lover this week. And <laughs> I have already outed the name of my lovely co-host. Yes, that's me. Uh, that was a long pause because I was like, wait, who? No, I am your co-host, but we do have a third guest today and we I was sure prepared do. for you to mention her, but you didn't. Um, but <laughs> yeah, so I'm Alex. I don't know if I said that. I'm losing my mind. Uh, our guest is Karen. <laughs> yes, I have mentioned her multiple times on the pod. We love you. I've, but yeah, I've basically just mentioned it's like, here's a friend I reconnected with and we also got her to Yoda and she'll probably be on the. Oh, yes. You did. I've, I'm addicted to it now. It's kind of a problem. I actually mention it to people offhandedly. I told so many people about this. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Maybe, maybe we'll get a ton of people to buy things and Kusnagi will live in luxury because of us. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. If I can aid in that in any way, I absolutely uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I'm really good at networking. Yeah, we'll just, you really did start like an MLM, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God. I just watched um I watched a YouTube video recently about uh um oh the Rachel Hollis, who I find really fascinating. But mm-hmm. she's like it's not in the MLM space, but a lot of people who are in MLMs really love her. And they like turned on her immediately a couple of years ago because she was like, MLMs are fucking stupid and anybody who takes part of them are stupid. And they're like, oh my God, that's your whole fan base. Yeah. Anyway, Rachel Hollis is it's a trip. It's so funny to me that you mentioned that. When I lived in Indiana, I had like a, a Rachel Hollis like cult following of my own and an awakening after I left Indiana of being like, whoa. MLMs are powerful things. Yeah. It was a very <laughs> mindset. Um, I never joined an MLM, thank God, because oh, I actually hate selling things to people. Yeah, I don't like asking people for money. It makes me very uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so she actually uh, like ruined her entire career because she like referred to her housekeeper as her cleaning lady or the lady who cleans her house and then she like lost all respect from all communities she's like been like blacklisted and stuff okay no 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 so so she mentioned that and people were like you're really out of touch and then she went off the deep end and she was like of course I'm out of touch I work so hard because I want to be out of touch and I don't want you all to relate to me and that's oh my god okay then yeah even more so even more so (laughs) justified and her downfall but let me yeah. tell you, I read that book, whatever that book was called, The Washing Your Face. Girl, Wash it Your Face. It's yeah. not about washing your oh, face. Oh, that's what who she is. Okay. It's not about that. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was skincare. It was not related to that. Okay. okay. Well, I'm glad that I'm glad you had your awakening and I didn't just insult your like. <laughs> your... No, no, no. Yes, I am fully awakened. Very woke. I guess. Yeah. Alex is Can the I one who woke? like keeps me updated on like weird internet figures. Like I had no idea who like Caroline Calloway was. Oh, have Alex tell you sometimes. <laughs> she, that that is a wild story. But like Caroline, what's the other one that I always ask you? Gabby Hanna. Gabby Hanna. Oh, oh yeah. I was like, wait, who's Caroline Calloway? Yeah. Okay. She was fucking wild. She like tried to be an influencer and start her own like like uh um conference where people would come and like learn how to i don't know fucking be like it was really weird and <laughs> just, 
like completely fell apart because she doesn't know how to run anything. She's just some rando out of her apartment that like has daddy's money paying for it. And on a bigger level, isn't that the Anna Delvey thing or whatever? Oh my gosh, these these people. Yeah, apparently, (laughs) I still haven't watched it yet, but apparently Caroline Calloway plays herself in that that Zoe Dutch movie that Dylan O'Brien's in where she's like a horrible person who lies. Oh, yeah. And I guess she, like, at some point, Zoe Dutch winds up in a, like, support group for, like, canceled celebrities. And she gets <laughs> advice from Caroline Calloway. I really should watch that movie. I should, Whatever too. that is sounds amazing. Yeah. God bless. Brian. Me, too. Apparently, he's a complete slime in it, but I well, do. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> we support. Our standards are flexible and ever-changing. Yes. <laughs> they will lower depending on who it yeah. is. But that is uh, our beginning tangent corner. Oh, God. Yeah, we already got off topic. Uh, but you did mention, <laughs> I ask guests like a, a certain set of questions, and I realized as I was walking in the room to like get ready to record that I didn't write them down. So we're just going to wing it today. But one of them is always, how did you find out about Yona? <laughs> So it was through me. Well, it was through you, but uh, I went to my high school reunion and found Evan, and then Evan mentioned it, and then Mm. you, and I think Evan set us up in a group chat, and you gave me the download so fast that I was like, I have to read all of this immediately. Yeah, and then I consumed it and absorbed it into my personality. Yeah, and now I have read it twice through. And every time I read it, I realize that I've missed details because I read it so fast. Yeah, so, same thing on my reread. It's like, oh, I didn't notice this the first so time. So I was ambitious and thought last night, I'll restart it and I'll catch up to where we're going <laughs> to be. Correct. Not possible. Because I kept getting distracted by my by all of the storyline in general. So I got to 43. But thankfully, I read it enough times that I just jumped ahead to what we're going to talk yeah. about today. But in the short period of us re- reuniting our collective friend group, I have consumed this <laughs> entirely. Yeah, <laughs> which uh, to our longtime listeners, uh, Karen is the one who I mentioned the reason that I finally broke my no spoilers and no reading ahead rule because Karen got ahead of me and I was like, that is not okay. <laughs> I'm still a fast reader. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I am personally grateful for. It's nice not having to watch about spoilers. Like we try for the podcast to do spoiler free for, you know, whatever reason. That's that's how we started it. So we're just continuing the tradition. But it is nice if I like slip up. I'm like, no, I didn't ruin anything for There's you. You already know. Too, at least, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So this, I assume, I don't know, it might be your first manga, but I assume it's not your first anime. No. Um, <laughs> what was your first? My very first anime. I mean, I guess if we're like going by like definitions, my brother has been like super into Pokemon since the day he was born. Mm-hmm. But um, Sailor Moon really was like the end all. I would rush home after school to watch <laughs> Same. And then anytime that like my parents would go to the Walmart or whatever, and I'd go in the little book section and I'd sneak like quick peeks at like the mangas. Then I didn't realize what they were. I had no idea how you read them backwards. So I would just like look at the pictures. Um, 
and I would tell no one because it was very nerdy of me. Yeah. <laughs> I could not embrace my nerdship at that time. But um, and then after Sailor Moon, I kind of just would jump around. I've seen all of Inuyasha. It's a deep, deep love of mine. If anyone in the '90s grew up with their mom sleeping on the couch while they secretly watched it with the volume off, <laughs> I'm, I'm one of you. <laughs> I've been there. Um, but yeah, I've seen a lot of them. Gosh. I'm watching Attack on Titan right now. I'm big into it. My sister loves Attack on Titan. It is the most gratuitous art I have ever seen in my entire life, and I can't stop watching it. Mm. And But sometimes I'll see just, like, faces eating things, so mm. I had to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> mm. That's fair. I think I only made it through, like, season two. Maybe I'm halfway through season two. I, I heard know, I kind of fell off. Like, I heard, like, three oh. was really good, at least according I'm, to my sister. It's, it's an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> I know there's some big twist, but I still don't know it yet. So that's kind of like why I want to get through it, but it doesn't matter. Um, so, okay. So you have a pretty good like knowledge base. You're not just like Sailor Moon and this. <laughs> so um, what would you say is your favorite? Can be anime or manga. Oh gosh. Um, I'm going to have to go with Inuyasha just because it's such like one, a cult classic in my opinion, but it was... It's, it all, it's connected so many of my friends and I like yeah. it's it's got such like I think an emotional meaning to me because I would sneak and watch it and like my brother would stay up with me and watch it Aww. so it's all the memories attached to Inuyasha it has to be that um I think in terms of like story Inuyasha is also very well told it very is artful story Alex I, and I didn't watch it till it adulthood oh my gosh it, even young i was like oh god that kid's got some problems <laughs> gonna work through them slowly yeah very slowly <laughs> and it was it was so, so it was kind of just like my one act of rebellion as you guys know i wasn't allowed to be rebellious as a child so it was like my <laughs> one act of rebellion too yeah. so Inuyasha, i think has to be my favorite one <laughs> that's a good yeah. pick yeah huh. okay cool fun I feel like there are more questions, but I don't know. So I guess that'll be it for the interrogation <laughs> portion. Ones for sure. Um, okay. Both of yours. <laughs> Sailor Moon is always one because similar to your thing mm-hmm. with Inuyasha, it's just there is such like just a nostalgia attached to it, the way it's connected me to people. Like Alex and I talk about like uh, our friend Celine and I, or Celine, like I, one year I got like our friend group all like Sailor Moon friendship bracelets and like we all picked a scout um my cousin erica and i at some point we're going to get matching sailor moon tattoos like it's just such like a nostalgia thing Mm -hmm. and just like a bonding thing that it's just like and just the story of this like girl who's you know a she's not always strong she's a crybaby and Mm -hmm. uh she's really thrust into this role and just like really helpful that's like you don't have to like be good at something right Right. away and if you just kind of like push through it it'll be okay and just the the love she has for her friends and uh that's a good one yeah yeah yeah, um, I same Sailor Moon's my favorite anime. Um, not for the same reasons, but yeah, <laughs> it's, it is a nostalgia thing. Like it's the first one I kind of imprinted on it, like a baby. That yeah, thing. and that's the thing. It's like we're not to the point now where we're like, is this good or are we just so like? Which well, we know that season 
the, the four. Pegasus arc, yeah, <laughs> is not good. It's questionable. Yeah, like I said, <laughs> we know that at least, but the rest of it, we kind of look at it. We're like, is this good, or are we just so like imprinted Aaron on it? Aaron and I are rewatching it, and we finished the Pegasus ser- season series season, and literally the whole time, Aaron just keeps going, "It's grooming." That's what's happening right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I was like, I understand. Please stop ruining my childhood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really unfortunate to revisit as an adult because you're like it does no. not hold up well yeah no. but my favorite episode will always be torpedo ass that's <laughs> <laughs> the best moment in any tv show i've ever seen in my life your name's torpedo ass no <laughs> oh good nobody uh, respects tuxedo mask no he doesn't do anything anyways that's a different podcast <laughs> Yeah, there are so many Sailor Moon podcasts out there. It's wild. But not very many for Yona, so that's what nope. we got. <laughs> yeah, that's us. We've cornered the market. Uh, okay, so before we get into all of the chapters, do you have anything you want to talk about, Evan? Do you have any updates? I do not. Uh, I have not consumed. Well, okay. I lied. I did consume one new thing. They just put the Willow series out on Disney Plus, which Willow was one of those movies that was like really beloved in my family. Uh, it's okay so far. Um, it was weird because they they made one of the like princesses of like the main couple uh queer which is fantastic and my mother who's normally like the progressive one in the and between my parents is like like did you feel like this was like it feels like shoehorned diversity i'm like what do you mean shoehorned well isn't she wasn't she also like really upset that they changed hermione's dress for the movie in yeah maybe she's just like it's not pure to the book yeah. Well, that's the thing. Willow wasn't a book. Well, oh. actually, that's why. I think they did make a sequel book to the movie. Okay. But that is no longer canon. Because <laughs> they had, like, essentially, like, dropped a house on Sorsha and Mad Mardigan's characters. Um, which is not the case in the sequel. You'd never heard of Willow. I have no idea. Karen Fire sharing looks like what the fuck are you talking? About? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is a it indeed. is a fantasy movie, um, and you've got this little um, Warwick Davis. He's the 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 little charms professor mm-hmm. in Harry Potter. Um, he is the main character. He is no uh, uh, Nelwyn, who are the little people, and then you've got the Daikinis, who are the normal size people. The brownies, who are like literally like in the palm of your hand. Um, and basically, there's like an evil queen, and she's heard this prophecy that this particular baby with this particular birthmark is going to be her ruin. So she's trying to kill this baby. Through circumstances, the baby winds up in Willow's village, and he has to like take her somewhere to be saved. And like gets him, he meets this like scoundrel who's Val Kilmer, and he's very dashing. I do love a, I do love a good scoundrel. Yes, he's this <laughs> scoundrel, and like he winds up getting wrapped in it, and you know they're being pursued by the evil queen's daughter Sorsha and of course Sorsha and Mad Mardigan fall in love which by the way that birthed a relationship Val Kilmer and Joan Wally got married after that. they eventually divorced but they had two kids um but yeah it's it, it, it was just like one of those movies that we enjoyed watching as a family and now Disney Plus has a sequel series out 
Um, and they brought uh, basically everybody back except for Mad Mardigan because Val Kilmer had like a stroke or like throat yeah, cancer or something. Properly anymore. Yeah, it's which they sad. still kind of wanted. Like the show creators have said they want him to be back. Like they even wrote in the storyline basically that at some point Sorsha like sent him off to go look for something and he never came back and his two twin siblings like never figured out what happened to him and they just think that he left them. And, like, the show creator was like, yeah, we want Mad Mardigan to be found. Cute. And whatever. Well, they got all that technology now. They might be able Yeah. To so it's like, I don't know. But it, but it, it's definitely been that like made it. me sound like I'm 80. They got all that technology. Yeah. <laughs> Those kids with their computers. Those kids and them goggles and them learning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's my update. That's what I have consumed as of late was um, – Willow and I also got my dad into Walker Independence, so finally a a Western that we can enjoy together. Fair enough. Fun. Yeah, cool. he finds Hoyt hilarious, and he also loves Kate, the Pinkerton agent, so much so that he told me if they kill off the Pinkerton agent, he will stop watching. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> you said a lot of funny words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's what I've watched lately. Uh, what about you? Cool. Any updates? No. What you read and watching? I started some fan fiction that is <laughs> over a million words long. Holy oh, shit. out of curiosity. <laughs> I'm like, fan how could you? How many words are you in? Uh, I'm on like chapter 17 of 157. <laughs> Damn. And what fandom? Um, have an official's blessing. Okay, there okay. is 1,157,950 words in this. Uh yeah. So I it's purely out of curiosity. <laughs> but also it's not bad. It's pretty good. Um good. So it, it's like a it's a retelling of the series if um okay, so uh long story short, they have these things called um shackles that will like keep your powers in check. It sounds stupid, whatever, just go with it. Uh so it's a reimagining of if the main character had gotten the shackle around his eyes and effectively made him blind. And I was like, okay, that sounds wild. How can you write one a million words <laughs> to an entire retelling of the series and make it interesting? Um and three, I do like when characters are like blind or deaf in fan fiction. I think that's a uh, an interesting yeah you know, edition. So, um, yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty cool. Wow. I also like when people are deaf and or blind. I, I've got a big affinity for deaf people. Yeah. So. Karen yeah. is the grandchild of deaf adults. Yes. I'm a, I'm a Goda, if you will. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyways, cool. Yeah. Those both sound really cool. Yeah, you would probably like, I would assume, I haven't read Heaven Official's Blessing yet, but just from the things I know you've liked, you'd probably enjoy I prob- it. I enjoy, I enjoy a good fantasy novel. Um, what have I been consuming that's fantastical recently? I've, because it can of, be literally anything. Like, well, Walker Independence I, is a Western. I, <laughs> well, I recently quit my job, so I'm rediscovering a lot of my, like, things that I like to consume, and so I binged Wednesday on one evening. Oh, I drank yeah. like eight beers and just binged it. It was delicious. I had a wonderful evening all by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also reading The Bell Jar by Sylvia Plath because I guess I'm just in my slow descent of insanity at the moment. Yeah, that'll um, make it worse. <laughs> so, so I'm just like, 
literally vibing is kind of what I'm <laughs> people. Um, but I've consumed so much Yoda, Yona, Yoda. <laughs> I don't do Star Wars. You should yeah. talk to Aaron. About yeah, that. that's Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I've consumed a lot of Yona recently and all that stuff. But mostly, I've just been relaxing and trying like to find a job, but not like pressuring myself. Yeah, and, like, I've been rediscovering my personality. It's kind of what I've been telling people. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, um, if, that's oh, Alex advice. is the the like lead supporter of quit your job. Quit your job. You'll find another one. That's kind of my mindset right now. Yeah. yeah. If the worst thing that happens is I have to go back to waitressing. At least people will respect me, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I doubt that will happen. You'll find something. Yeah. And if it doesn't, then we'll all find another job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we met like a good chunk of the people we met when Alex and I were in Ireland at like our hostels were people who had just quit their job or were about to quit their job. (laughs) It's not the end of the world. You'll find something else and you're responsible enough to not like run out of money before that happens. Like it's not, it's fine. Well, that's subjective. I I hope. (laughs) I will definitely run out of money, but I am not above going back and finding a quick and easy like job or doing like seasonal work or freelancing. Like I am more than willing to use my skills and things like that. I just, that's basically my only concern is running out of money. And it's nice to, that the only concern in quitting my job is like that I won't have any money, but like in a capitalist society, there's always money to be made. So it's yeah, yeah. So it's kind of just an interesting mindset to be at, yeah. especially leaving like a, a fairly prosperous financial planning company. Like I could have just stayed, but like it just wasn't making me happy. Yeah. So just, and it kind of sounds people. like they're going to crash and burn. Well, if they do that on their own terms, uh, at least I got out while the getting was good. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I wish you the best. I hope you find something very good that you really enjoy. Until then, happy finding yourself, rediscovering yourself. Yes, Erin's very much, she's like, you're in your hermit phase. I was like, that doesn't make me feel very pretty, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get out and do things. We, are we, we're, we've got that uh, AR workshop coming Oh my up. gosh, we're doing so many things. I'm so tired. I don't, I can't believe I even had a job, like, on top of my social life right now. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, we're doing that thing, and were we still doing the, like, Christmas shop thingy? Yes, but I think that's on Sunday. Because I think on Saturday we're going ice skating with Kenna. Oh, gotcha. My gosh, our lives. Alex, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Your dance Join our okay, okay, yes, it is Sunday. Well, shit, I said I was going to go over to the Well, we'll figure that out at some point. Yeah, yeah, well, you guys figure out schedules. Um, can I add a recommendation that is not have an official blessing? Because that is eight books and only four have been officially released so far. So I had to read half of it illegally, but it was fine. Um, also, stupid <laughs> long. Okay, so Snow White with the red hair. I've been waiting for weeks to corner you about this, but I don't know. You might like it, um, but it is also another fantasy about a redhead girl. <laughs> that also only got one season of its anime. Did it get one season, or it might have gotten two, or it might have gotten one that was like two halves. I don't know, okay. but it is technically like separated into one season one and season two on like Crunchyroll or whatever. Oh, gotcha. Well, perfect. But, yeah. but that's my recommendation. Alex, Alex has described it as like a less good Yona. Um, it is very much its own you. thing now, though. I feel bad yeah. saying that because now I am in. Yeah, she says now it's hit it. <laughs> apparently, it's hit its stride now. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, 
the buildup of things. Yeah. You got to get over the hump. You do. You do. It had a weird beginning where she, I think this is her like first manga. So she's learning how to write. And then also um, she thought it was going to be like a one shot. And then she thought it was going to be like, I don't know, seven chapters. And then she decided to expand it from there. And then, you know, it was a whole thing. Yeah. And I guess it really felt like that too. I love watching a story develop, like while someone figures out how to do it, like an author in their beginning stages, their growth. I'm a Mm. big fan. (laughs) I like to get obsessed with people. I hyper fixate real easily. Yeah. (laughs) Don't we all? this group cool okay well with that recommendation uh should we get into uh what we're actually here for (laughs) yeah (laughs) to avoid talking about more snowy thread hair because i'm so sorry i know i bring it up every week but okay it's part of this podcast (laughs) it's it's i guess a feature not a bug at this point (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) okay 157 a longing not easily abandoned all right, so this chapter opens with Yoon running straight into the intense standoff between Yona and Kyoga because there's injured soldiers and he's basically a doctor at this point. Has he mentioned he wanted to be a doctor at this point? I don't remember when he brings that up. I don't believe so either. I think that's further along. I think we're getting close. I think that he uses this as kind of a catalyst to like okay. bring it up later okay so potential spoilers <laughs> but like he's, he's basically acting as like a medic at this point um and he is a doctor. <laughs> really though he's the only person who has any type of medical training yeah that is true actually you would think he would teach like one of the happy hungry bunch just like some basics so that they can like you know pinch hit like sure, but do you think that he trusts any of them? There, <laughs> I would not. I wouldn't trust, trust any of them. <laughs> Maybe Hawk, but I'm so in love with him that that man could like slice me in half. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, he's right. I have no room to argue. I feel like Hawk okay. wouldn't do anything. Like he could have the knowledge, but you know he'd look at somebody and be like, "You're fine. Walk it off." <laughs> I think Yona would be good. Yona would be good. I think she would be good, but she would have to have that, like, five minutes where she's sitting there psyching herself up to do it, yeah. and in that five minutes, I'll die. Yeah. Like, because she's always got to go through that moment where she's like, I can do this. I'm a scared little girl, but I can do this. And it's like, yes, you can, but can you do it right now? <laughs> like, Bleeding out, Yona. I know that you're having a moment, but that man is dying. <laughs> I had the exact same thought, but then I was like, wait a minute. Is she squeamish about blood? But you're right. She does sort of, like, freeze when things are intense. Yeah, mm. but she gets through it. She does, like, hype herself up. She's like, I can do it. And then she does it. But it's just that time frame that we're sitting in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might mean somebody loses a leg. Let's go, Yona. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so then uh, this is a good scene because it, I feel like Yona's really, like, grown into herself. And, like, this is a good uh, encapsulation of it. And especially since like Kyogo points out and he's like, this is not who I remember her being. She was this little girl. And now she's like, Yuna. Um, And then the second thing about this scene is while everyone helps the injured soldiers, we find out the fire tribe is a lot more fanatical about the dragons than expected, which as we talked about last week, puts Kyogo in a tricky position with his like sworn allegiance to Yona or er, sorry, Suwon. Well, definitely not Yona. <laughs> Suwon versus his people's yeah. allegiance with the Crimson Dragon King, who they now believe is Yona. So that's an issue. 
This was also really interesting because I didn't catch the parallel the first time between him and Suwan because Suwan also kind of lost that religious belief Hmm. um, because of the adults in his life. Mm-hmm. And Kyoga has done the same because he grew up getting indoctrinated mm-hmm. about it by his father. And then his father did this horrible thing. And now he's like, all of that is trash. <laughs> yeah. That's I just love that he's always so angry at his brother. Yeah. <laughs> he's just always like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, hey, don't worry about me. The whole time. The whole time. The whole time. I mean, to be fair, if Taejun was my brother, I would also act like Kyoga. <laughs> Yeah, probably, to be fair. Uh, That is interesting, though. Yeah, because I did... It's so... Yeah, Evan, your point to uh, him being... Having a similar history to Suan is interesting because it does make perfect sense that Kyoga would side with Suan. But I was looking at it from the, like, literal textual, he's the only one who was, like, nice to me and gave me a second chance, and my dad was, you know, awful. I I said an episode or two ago that he's basically Zuko levels of honor obsessed. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I've got to get back my honor. Yeah. (laughs) Very fire tribe of both worlds, really. Yeah. Very very big into the honor parallel. Fire in general. Look at us going. <laughs> the literary text says. Yes. <laughs> oh my god, we're about to write a paper about fire Our thesis and on Yoda. Yoda. If yeah. I could, if I could, I would go back to school right this second. Uh, well, you can always start a Tumblr yeah, with like that. Just saying. Yeah. Okay. At the end of the scene, we get uh, the setup for the villain of this arc. Well, one. By the end of this, we will find out we have sort of three of them. (laughs) But the first one um, is someone from farther north in Kai than, say, a.k.a. the province Rihazar leads, is the one behind the attack. So, ooh, no new bad guy. And then Rihazara, of course, if you don't remember, is the guy from the Fire Tribe arc who colluded with Sujin to, uh, you know, fuck up everybody's life. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the next scene is the most romantic scene between Lily and Suan. Uh, we learn a few things from the scene. Uh, Suan has a secret, very scary bodyguard who keeps an eye on him in the castle and that everyone thinks Lily is Suan's girlfriend, which is convenient because she's respectful, uh, respectable and it keeps the other suitors away from him. And also it keeps everyone from thinking that he's gay, which is um, helpful because homophobia is alive yeah. and real in Goka. Yes, Kusanagi's homophobia, her one uh, her one weakness that we say all the time. Also, um, I don't know where you fall on the Lily Suwon, but we ship it really hard and we're always pushing that agenda. Here's my thing. I refuse to allow Suwon to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> this is a perfect lead-in because I was going to say, I know that you hate Suwon, so... I hate everything about him. Every <laughs> single thing about this man is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it's pure trash if i met this man as a child like yona i would be immediately suspicious <laughs> karen's like if suan has one hater I want <laughs> it, is me. it is me and i will die on this hill yeah. i don't want him to have any semblance of happiness and it's sad because i like lily <laughs> yeah. okay so your happy ending for lily is to not have to deal with suan No, I want Lily to go out into the world and just kind of, like, do her own thing. For some reason, I want her to have, like, a dairy farm. Like, I want her (laughs) to just be out there doing whatever. And somebody who's actually, like, nice to her and, like, actually is, like, you are basically a type of a princess. 
and you're also a badass. And yeah, you've got your two badass soldier ladies with you, but you yourself in your own right are a badass. <laughs> I just would like to respectfully worship you. That's what she deserves. <laughs> Suwan over here deserves nothing. <laughs> Not a thing. <laughs> he deserves to be destitute and alone. Okay. 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 This is going to be a really interesting conversation because <laughs> we are like, <laughs> like opposite. So I am neutral towards Suwan. Um, I do believe that he needs some deep, deep penance. I do. I feel like he hasn't suffered enough. He needs some therapy. But yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I, I do ship him and Lily. Um. And just the fake dating here writes itself. It does. They're perfectly positioned. True. I do respect him for acknowledging that she has a use in this moment of like, Mm. you're helping even just with your presence, you're at least useful. I can respect the player, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) I hate him, but I can respect the decision, I guess. (laughs) Plus he could kill her and I would hate him more. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. Actually, I'm glad it's it's very funny because I literally have in my notes both of your points of view for this next scene. So let's let's revisit this in like two seconds. Um, but the very next scene is that Keisha like comes up and he's like, "Hey, stop flirting. We can't do this right now." And he pulls Suwan away to discuss the fire tribe business. Um, but first, he uh, he tells <laughs> he tells Suwan Lily's influence on him is regrettable, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> because <laughs> i need to know how much time they're spending together because like from our point of view it doesn't seem like a lot right like they just kind of pop up occasionally but they are literally like just always fucking hanging out so i need yeah. to know <laughs> like how often they're hanging out to the point where <laughs> keisha is like she's a threat to the country yeah and she even says like hey you've stopped telling me to go home yeah so she, even she's like straight up like you told like What's up? Man? <laughs> <laughs> You've stopped telling me to leave. She stock. She Stockholm syndromed him. Yeah. She, oh, she Stockholm syndromed him. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I do love that Keisha literally says, "Should she blurt something out again? Can we remove her?" Straight <laughs> <laughs> like, can I just can I get rid of her? Yeah. Yes. Oh, he hates her. Their feud is fucking hilarious. Yeah, uh, Keisha is my like big thing and like even when alex is like okay but he's valid here he's doing his job well i'm like yes but he's also he's still a bitch that's why i respect him yeah but (laughs) he's still a bitch uh but yeah it is funny here just him like again begging suan to deal with the one situation that suan will not deal Mm -hmm. with which is the yona problem because as we've said multiple times suan is just like if i ignore it it'll go away Mm -hmm. (laughs) and kishukir is like no it is becoming a problem lily is part of that problem like please which i don't appreciate (laughs) that lily actually knows that she's like i bet he doesn't like me because i like yona like i'm on yona's side (laughs) i appreciate that he knows that Okay, real quick, though, before we move on, I'm so sorry, but Lily Suwan consumes my life. So there is an interesting scene, though, like where uh, um, before they get super into the Yona thing. um, Shoot, what does he say? Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Suwan's response to Kishuk being like, Lily is terrible. You got to get rid of her is for him to say that he wants her around where they can watch her and he has a grasp on her behavior so she won't. Uh, be a problem and she won't be much of an influence if she wanders away so as a neutral and hater party how do you guys read this scene 
Suvan's a calculating bitch. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, I think that there's a grander scheme at play that Suwon is ultimately playing. And as I've caught up completely, so like as the story goes on, there's, to me, certain instances rereading these portions that lead to Suwon knowing more than he lets on. Mm. And the reader is given insight into that quite early on, in my opinion. And I think that he is aware of Lily's position and role and realizes at this point, she is not the problem. She is not something he has to deal with right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we keep her around. We can deal with this. We can control the narrative for now. And when it becomes a bigger issue, I'll deal with it. If it becomes a bigger issue, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. He's very much a, he, God, I hate him, but he is patient and he's calculating. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, those are kind of negative. (laughs) They they don't have to be positive. (laughs) Okay. But yeah, so, he's always he's always been strategic. Yeah. So you think that he is keeping her around because he wants to control her, right? And I think he's fully aware that she is of the Yona tribe as well. Mm-hmm. And because we know he's ignoring the Yona thing, that he can't really ignore. I think part of him is also like, I'm keeping tabs on her because, in like a tertiary kind of way, I can keep tabs on Yona. She's the palatable way, way to like, deal with Yona. That's yeah, he's like, I can keep her around and maybe she'll occasionally let things slip and all of that as well. Or she can become a political hostage at the drop of a hat, I guess. <laughs> if that type of, if he's thinking evil. I don't know. I hate him. <laughs> I will oh. say, I read it differently. I read it as, a, but it also kind of negatively. Um because I remember one time we were having a debate over whether, well, not quite a debate, but like I had said something, you're like, I don't think he's misogynist. And I was like, I'm not trying to say, but now in this bit, it almost kind of is because it's like, I thought like with Yona, he's dismissive of Yona because of his past like mm-hmm. knowledge of her. But here I almost feel like he's being dismissive of Lily because uh, if I'm taking, if you're taking his words at face value, he's like, uh, she's she's not if she leaves she's not gonna be much of an influence anyway and it's like that's very dismissive of yeah. her uh, again assuming that you're taking his words at face value which i did at this time mm-hmm. but because it's like she does though like when she pulled up that one time when well wait was he there yet maybe he wasn't there yet in the okay, water tribe might have the part where, like, you know, Yona and Kishuk, uh, basically Kishuk was about to dispatch Yona. Oh, yeah, so one was there. Showed- oh, sorry, okay, Kishuk yeah. was there. Yeah, I know Kishuk was there. I wasn't right, sure right, right, Suwan was there, yeah. Yeah, but, but there was at least that one time where, like, Lily called him the fuck out and basically, like, rallied the people by being like, this is Yona, she helped us mm-hmm. all, and, like, basically got everybody on their side. So she is capable right of making quite the impact right Right. which is why i don't think that we should take him at face value and i read the scene very differently than both of you (laughs) but sorry i i cut i cut you off karen you can um oh i was just gonna say uh he literally he quite literally says there's currently no benefit to making her his queen so he literally is playing the long con that too there's no benefit to this other than like socially you look this looks the part but there is no benefit to this right now yeah. but i might as well keep you close there might be a benefit later but again that's me reading the face value of the word i'm interested in your interpretation as a lover of this 
insane relationship. <laughs> it's a fucking like wild relationship. Yeah. Um, I'm so glad that I decided to call this out and ask this. <laughs> it's fascinating. Um, yeah. Oh, I actually like called it out and asked it because there are a lot of people uh, who do think that he is manipulating her. And there's specifically, um, it got cut out of the last or the episode of Jen, but uh, the, there's a fan fiction called uh, What We Saw in the Moonlight. And the interpretation there is that he is manipulating Lily and keeping her around like exactly what you guys are reading into it. And I was like, oh, I didn't agree with that. But like, there's kind of textual evidence that supports that. So I can't really like say anything bad about it. But for my reading, I think that he is lying, like completely to protect Lily because he wants to keep her around because she literally almost died. And he's like, all right, if I can keep you in my eyesight, then you're going to be safe and you're not going to get yourself hanged (laughs) or trying to do stupid things. Um, Evan, to your point, uh, when he says that she has no influence, he is the one who hyped her up in the, the water tribe to be like, you can totally do this. Like you can turn everybody around because you have influence over your people. And then she called him out (laughs) and turned her people against him. Like he's seen it twice and he has like instigated it once. He knows what she's capable of. So I think that's why. And three, I think that he likes to tell people around him what they want to hear to get them off his back because there was also that situation with judo where uh judo was like hawk is a problem and you need to fucking kill him before he kills you and, uh, and suan is like yeah totally i'm gonna kill him the next time i see him and then the next time they see him was in say and he couldn't so he's like all right let's you know let's let's revisit this some other time and so here he's like i will tell keisha what he wants to hear she's nothing to me and she's so easy to manipulate and i'm just keeping her under my thumb to get Keyshook off of their backs while he keeps an eye on her so she doesn't kill herself by being reckless. <laughs> All right. I'll- I could see that because again, and I maybe it's me just rationalizing what your interpretation is, but <laughs> he uh in keeping her close to him, he does protect her. So that is nice of him. <laughs> I still think he's gonna use her for something nefarious, but that's nice of him. I can rationalize a bad guy. I still hate him. <laughs> but see, that's also like I can see your interpretation still of human, it. Yeah. Like quote unquote, he's still human, he's still quote-unquote capable of complex emotions whatever it's true he contains multitudes and i don't think we ever really figure out what this scene means so i found it really fascinating oh that was really fun thanks (laughs) uh okay so yeah next actual business after all that and uh i think maybe yona's tied up in this but um the attack on the fire tribe was led by some dude named kelbo and then in my notes in all caps i have yeah baby i'm pumped I love Galbo. <laughs> uh, with the empire, with the emperor's power waning, warlords are gaining power and trying to exert that power by taking over other lands. And unfortunately, Coca is a casualty of that attempt at this moment. So that's like the backstory between the conflict for this arc. Okay, so uh, yeah, the chapter ends with Yona. <laughs> napping after hard work and tending to hurt soldiers and Hawk giving her shoulder to lean on. He's so cute. He's so cute. I love him so much. He's my favorite. Is he your favorite, Karen? He is my favorite. I'm in love with him. I'm not. <laughs> and I will not forgive Suwon. 
until Hawk forgives Suwon. <laughs> That's fair. I have gone this entire time being Suwon's biggest champion on this podcast. Not in the world, because there are some people who are freaks. <laughs> I mean that affectionately. <laughs> uh, okay, did I miss anything? Did I gloss over anything you guys wanted to point out? Uh, I just wanted to say, I it might be different in your copy because I didn't get to read the normal site that I was on because it was doing weird shit on my phone earlier. So I got one that had kind of a sloppier translation. But there is one part. Um, it's it's the scene where um, Yona is telling the soldier that he can lean on her, and he's like, "No, I really can't." She's a princess, and he does. And then uh, Tejun pops up, and the the little words in my version were suddenly Tejun. <laughs> yes, yes, Tejun. <laughs> it's just suddenly he's there in the man. He's like, which <laughs> <laughs> proper killed me. Oh my I Tejun's work is very interesting yeah. to me. <laughs> I have complex feelings about him being a creep ass, but then yeah. also he's just also like you still have to treat her like a princess. There's propriety, there's society, and there is what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are messing it up yeah but yeah suddenly Tejun just like suddenly fucking killed me it just all of that bit really like Geisha trying to help <laughs> and not realizing that he's freaking them the fuck out with his dragon <laughs> and, and they've just been confronted and, with yeah, their gods and still <laughs> proceeds to just like grab him <laughs> and be like what's wrong with you <laughs> this is totally normal behavior yeah like Geisha and I'll, I'll bring it up um in the next official chapter that we discussed but just like his inability to just be fucking chill mm-hmm. in never any situation <laughs> he's like i don't understand yeah <laughs> yeah i uh i described him recently in tags on uh tumblr because i put up the the comparison between him <laughs> refusing to let hawk be fed by yona because it's like beneath her to feed him and then like in a, in a couple chapters ago where uh he gets fed by her and he has some emotions about it <laughs> my tags for yeah. him was that he is uh he gives 120 percent to every like emotion that he ever has yeah <laughs> he's just like intense all the time He's so he's so childish, but he feels literally everything so intensely. Mm-hmm. My gosh, when I think it's one of the chapters we'll talk about, but later on with him, where he just has this moment where he's like, "Ah, I am an adult man. <laughs> <laughs> I must act like it in this moment and not throw a fit." <laughs> when he would have been justified to throw a fit, but we'll talk about it. We'll get there. Okay, but first we have some bonus chapters, which are um, all right. <laughs> One is bonkers and one is kind of cute. Okay, so uh, the first one is the Intertribe Martial Arts Tournament. And in parentheses, this is just this once. Another one of those titles. It's just like, um, okay. Uh, Okay, it was about the Martial Arts Tournament set about three years ago. Everyone is competing to see who the strongest person in Koka is, including, of course, Hawk. Um, in this timeline this is right after Hawk accepted the role as general uh, he has decided not to wear his feather headband anymore because it makes him look like a kid and he's only just recently figured out he's in love with Yona so he's like full teenage boy I'm gonna become a man like that's where he's at right now yeah. I just love him I just love him <laughs> I 
know every single thought inside his tiny little head. Yeah, right? <laughs> you know, you know, he's like 15 or like, how old is he now? Yeah, he's like 15 at this point. And he's just like, all right, yeah. this is, I got to shed my like childishness. I have a girl that I love. <laughs> like, I got to show her that I'm on me. <laughs> I'm in charge of shit. <laughs> I've got responsibilities. I'm 15. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Uh, I've never related so hard. <laughs> which he does. I think this is the one that he reveals that uh, he has. Yeah, I mean, I know this is the one where he reveals to all of the kids back home that he's going to be a general and he has to make something of himself and he won't be home anymore, which is so sad. Every time all of the Wind Tribe is like, oh, Hawk, when you're home and Hawk has to be like, I'm not coming home. It's just like, oh, it's every time he sees them, they're like, you're home. And he's like, no, not this time. Every single time. I do believe that Hawk and Yona are going to take the throne at the end of this series, but I would not be upset if Suan somehow kept the throne and Hawk and Yona lived a quiet life in the Wind Tribe. That would be very cute. Oh my gosh. My super duper prediction is that everything falls to shit and they reset up a new home in Capital Fuega anyways. That's what I think. That's my super prediction. Whoa. Everything goes to shit. Territories redrawn. Blah, 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 blah. It's all great. I love that. I have never thought of that before, but that's like galaxy brain, dude. That's like, that's like the world ends and this is what we're doing. Well, because I can't imagine them not ending up in Capo Fuego. Like, I can't, I can't not see i can't see them going back to the castle i think something big happens with the castle there's some catastrophic oh yeah they have been hinting a lot at the tomb beneath it so maybe maybe yeah so i think that there's something that we're coming to a head at but i don't think that the place that they're all leading towards is going to remain a stable place for them to settle interesting and that's very common in a lot of big world building books yep. anyway so i kind of just see the writer's thought process on that no i love that and then once they get rid if they if they get rid of the castle which is like the center of their power i i think we've also mentioned my prediction that i mean like i think it's everybody's prediction but that like the dragons will stop having their power so they don't need to be like tied to that anymore so they could like hang out in fuga oh i love that okay New head cannon yeah. is not done. I definitely, definitely <laughs> spent a lot of time pre- trying to predict and guess what's going to happen yeah. <laughs> on a lot of different things. I ruin books for myself. <laughs> I think that's fun. Well, I, it depends. Uh, sometimes I'm like, okay, this is how it has to end. And if it doesn't, I'm disappointed. I feel like any way that Yona ends, I'm not going to be disappointed because I like everybody involved. So like whatever happens, happens. Yeah. It, well, you'd be disappointed if she killed everybody. I would be a little sure. I would be unless it made sense. (laughs) Unless it made sense. Although I have read fan fiction where they all die. The entire world has to like survives if they die. I would be like they seem like they're good enough people to kill them. Like I don't know if it was them or everybody. I think we could make the right choice here. Throw themselves into the sea and just be like, I don't know. It's a volcano. They all jump in, save the world. I don't know. It could end anyway. We have no idea. But I think if they killed everybody and it made sense, I would still be on board. Okay. Because I do believe that the author has done a fantastic job with this story and this world building. That, however, they decide to end it. I'm full tilt in, (laughs) regardless. Yeah, I gotta agree. I'm out on that too. Oh yeah. I missed that. What was that? Uh, if it ends like Twilight too, where it kind of just fizzles oh. out, I'm not interested oh, yeah. in that either. Yeah. 
Yona has a baby with Tejun that Hawk imprints on. <laughs> yeah, that would, be, that would be too far gone for me. <laughs> that would be too much. Uh, no, but shout out to my favorite fic. That was almost what you just said, and I almost got very excited, which is the one where Yona and Tejun get married and can't conceive. I've read this so one. they pull Hawk in to be like, hey, you got <laughs> you got the stuff. Let's go. We gotta get in on this fanfic world. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it sounds like all of my that, dream pairings. That was a good one. <laughs> Yeah, babe. Um, okay. The closing line about like if he closes his eyes, you know, he can imagine. It's like he keeps his eyes open. Like that's the final line. It's like, uh. I can't. It's it ends so well. Like a lot of things don't stick the landing, including like everything that I've ever written. But that one, ugh, the ending sticks with you. What is your stance on fan fiction, Karen? Are you? Do you read any? Oh golly gee, I <laughs> wish I was a more open person in middle school. I used to write fan fiction. Sure. <laughs> Didn't we all in middle um, school? Of course. Um, some of them were terrible. <laughs> um, but I love a good fan fiction. The only thing that I don't like is when they tread that line of being too close to the actual story, mm-hmm. like where it almost feels plagiarizing a little mm. bit. Where they're just pulling so many elements, but they've just like switched up who's doing it, basically. Yes. Oh my god! I, I tried reading. Uh, it was I forget what fandom it was, but it was like a Titanic AU, and like literally, like word for word, the dialogue. Like it's like you just plugged in the new characters, right? Like, so this is, and I prefer like when they give us like insight into other characters' brains. Like if we could have like the full, just like Shia Sheena. I can never say his name right. Uh, I'm terrible with these names I apologize for butchering all of them but um if I could get just like a full like story all told from his perspective I think that I would be super into that <laughs> just like the different visual viewpoints of each one of like while he's sitting there just watching everyone like argue and he's just silently watching in his little fur ball I just want to know what he's thinking about <laughs> I just want to know so I enjoy fanfic where like people can kind of give you different perspectives mm-hmm. but I don't like it when they're too close to the story and just mix things like little elements up I like the creativity yeah. of it Mm. no i agree okay now that i know that you're open to it i will give you some recommendations after this (laughs) don't worry i got your back (laughs) i will also probably consume those (laughs) (laughs) ah that's funny but i will say i do love in this martial arts scene the wind try being like woohoo immediately after like it's our chief's debut like go you do it and they have like so much pride in him even though they're like you're not gonna hang out you're not gonna be my home yeah I do like their pride. I think they're the best tribe. I agree. I love their, like, love. They all adore each other so much. And they'll, like, razz each other and, and be hard on each other. But it's come, it cl- clearly comes from a place of so much love, like, overflowing. Ugh. It's so happy. It makes me so happy to just watch them. <laughs> uh, okay, so, yeah. Uh, then we cut to Yona, who is not allowed to watch because her dad has a thing against violence. Uh, And so she's sent back to her room. Hawk finds her and sneaks her out, promising that he'll take her to see the competition, which means that he has to forfeit. Um, But it doesn't matter anymore because she just wanted to see him compete. It's so cute. It's so cute. And just his little smile when he goes to take her hand, like, hey, I'll take you out around the town. It's so fucking cute. And just him being sweet. 
Hawk who puts like her desires and needs above his own. Like he's just always so willing to do this. Like the time mm-hmm. that he was like, like he was going to go home. He had not been home in several years <laughs> and saw that Yona was going to be alone on New Year's. And oh, was yeah, like, oh, I'll that. stay with you. Like, it's like, it's lame. I'm going to stay here. Mm-hmm such a hassle yeah all the time he's like like, any time that like yona's feeling down he's like how can i cheer right because like titles yeah Yeah. it's like i have obligations do not matter yona said (laughs) (laughs) i mean technically she is his obligation like he says that she's his job but um yeah, I, I think it. I mean, the competition doesn't matter because he knows that he's the strongest. <laughs> like, who cares about yeah, fighting? He's like, it doesn't matter who I fight. I'm going to beat everybody. Might as well go hang out with a girl. Like, <laughs> yeah. not even here. And the reason I was doing it was so she would watch me. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also interesting because you could, which, by the way, I'm a big judo stan. Alex cannot comprehend why. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. He's fine. But yeah, I, I, it is interesting to get that peek in this this side chapter of why he hates Hawk so damn much, yes. mm-hmm. and also his like thing against Eel too, because like the way he's looking at Eel when Eel's like, "Oh my God, this is so violent." Next year, I'm going to impose more restrictions and just like Judo's face, because you know, like they're such a warrior culture and just like to him, this is probably like a spit on tradition. It's such an indication of ill being a bad King. And then on top Mm -hmm. of that, Hawk is his favorite. Like how annoying it must be to be in his shadow, not even get a chance to prove yourself because he hears the whispers like, Oh, Judo's lucky. He Mm -hmm. got spared. And then you hear these whisperings of like, Oh, Judo was actually like the main choice to be the bodyguard. And Eel said, no, it's going to be Hawk. Mm-hmm. So just learning that Judo has all these, like, reasons to be, like, Hawk is my this, mortal enemy. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remind myself of this all the time. Every time I read these, I remind myself how old these characters are. <laughs> because the author does remind us all the time. Yeah. <laughs> like, she does tell us in her little side notes. And I'm like, okay, well... <laughs> <laughs> remember he's 15 you're a grown man yeah that, that is true Judo is in that his is 20s <laughs> you are an adult man almost your hands with yeah, exactly. <laughs> you want to beat the shit out of this kid okay uh, and going off of that i do the the thing that i found really interesting about judo's like storyline in this is that there's a moment where Suwan watches Judo glare at Hawk. Well, I don't think Hawk notices at all, but um, mm. I think that's a moment where he's like, the Suwan's putting it together where he's like, oh, I might be able to get Judo in on the coup. Yeah. Which, I mean, he does because now Judo fucking hates King Eel and Hawk <laughs> and sort of Yona at this point. Like he um, clearly doesn't. Uh, he in the water tribe i believe says i never wanted her dead but like in one of these chapters here uh yona says that um judo stopped talking to them after hawk became her bodyguard so i think by proxy like he doesn't like yeah i think that's the thing like she's the symbol of something he should have had like he should Mm -hmm. have had the responsibility to watch her and then said it's hawk so he's just doesn't anything to deal with it even though he which to be fair I, i guess it does make sense because we do know that he did watch them as children. Like they, you know, they're like the past memories of him, like holding her mm-hmm. as she's like her little cry face. I always remember it because it's so cute. Or the time she's like, Judo, you're so mean. Like, 
and then to just be like passed over for this little teenage upstart imagine that you've spent your whole life fucking work like because he is like the sky tribes general who like yeah. is the ruling family all and this he's stuff. all and work he's, all the time he's like he's like i've been busting my ass since i was 15 and then yeah. this lazy 15 year old shows up and because he's got a special spear stick thing yeah he's fucking getting all this nonsense yeah i'm a little bitter so i'm just not gonna talk to y'all <laughs> and that's what he does <laughs> which i mean i get it I, i've never felt closer to judo <laughs> i would <laughs> Uh, but I do, yeah. This chapter was really interesting for that. Like, you can kind of see the the inner workings of, like, how everything came to be with the coup, which is always Yeah, fun. and just in general, just the little character peaks. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you, you get the origins of Tetra and Aura being Lily's bodyguard, mm-hmm. uh, which is cute. And then you see that Kyoga has been honor-obsessed even before his father's disgrace because he hears that... Tejun went back to the palace to nurse a broken heart because of course this was the time when he was rebuffed by Yona yeah. and Hawk being like oh no we're engaged and Kyoga just immediately being like send him to the gallows <laughs> <laughs> I do love how like he has the exact same energy his brother does Tejun um, because he'll be like it's done I'm over kill him get rid of it I'm done with it yeah. immediately. Or he'll just start yelling about nonsense. They have the same energy. <laughs> yeah. Directed different ways. Yeah. Uh, oh, so dramatic. Kusnagi. She's so good at characters. Because, yeah, they don't, on the surface, appear to have anything in common. But that's a good point that I have never noticed before because I don't really care about Kyoga. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I do feel bad for him in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that's her. That would be embarrassing. <laughs> Okay, very last thing that I have before we move on from this one is that I, I mean, I know we talked about the Wind Tribe, but I do like that <laughs> that Teyu is like kind of throwing a fit because he's like, oh, I lost to, I think he loses to Kyoga and he's like, oh, it wasn't worth it. And so like the it, the second he comes off the battlefield, like after he's fought, uh, Moondock tells him that he did well and then like gives him a little lesson. And I'm just like, oh, like he could have he could have like ripped into him and and teased him like we've seen the wind tribe do to everyone but he didn't he was like you did a good job kid you just gotta you know grow up a little bit i really liked that i like moon duck if he dies i'll riot <laughs> i think that that's a fair question. <laughs> thank you but no i like taewoo i like his sense of like I don't know what the right word is. I don't think it's honor and it might be honor, but he basically when, even when Suwon compliments him, he's like, don't force yourself. I lost. I need to improve. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, don't force yourself to pat, like patronize to me. And also I like that sense of like, I can do better and I am going to do better. Mm-hmm. So please stop wasting my time <laughs> because I know that this was not my best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I like that energy. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Because he does improve rapidly. They say that, like, he's literally just second best to Hawk himself. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he does improve. Love to see it. Another little upstart. Okay. Anything else before we get into the second bonus chapter? Uh, was there a second bonus there chapter? There was. There was Take Care Part Three with the lozenges. Did either of you read that? No, are you sure? Because like on our thing, it goes. It just goes to the next. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know if that'll exist at some other point. 
Um, so even though you didn't read it, do you mind if we? Talk? I love take. The, I remember reading it because that's the one where we see uh, Hawk on the on the throat lozenges, yeah. right? Yes, I remember reading it. I just don't know that it is here. Yeah, it's not in the list at this point. Hmm. Let me Google it. Take care. Where's my but I do finally get to say, yes, it exists. Because when we did the first take care, I'm like, it's really funny when we get to Hawk and you were like, I don't know that we get to see Hawk. And then you did it with take care part two. I was like, no, there is a third one. There is a third. <laughs> but now it doesn't exist for me. Did you read the take care bonus chapters? It's when um, they get the cough drops from Gija's grandmother and it makes them like very violent. It sounds familiar. Yeah. But I feel like I vaguely 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 remember it but i don't know if that's something that i stumbled upon somewhere or if that's part of it because i'm reading it on manga decks oh it sure okay. does 157.2 yeah, 157.2 okay okay it sure well, is you're right all right well do recommend it i remember enough of it that feel free to discuss yeah we can <laughs> we can go pretty quick with it i don't have too much to say um basically the chapter starts as a mystery Zeno wakes up alone and wonders if they were attacked and he was the only one to survive to which he thinks please not that which broke my oh. heart because i was like this is supposed to be goofy <laughs> But no, uh, yeah, he thinks that. And then he was like, wait, no, this is all silly. And then it like devolves into complete ridiculousness. Very Zeno energy. Yeah. Immediate doomsday to, oh, the world is sunshine and eight rainbows. I yeah. forgot. Fair <laughs> enough. That is very Zeno-like. Um, so yeah, no, he, he can sense that they're not dead. They're just scattered. Uh, and then they get together and they discover, they they remember that Hawk has taken some of Gija's grandma's candy, the lozenges that make everyone insane. And he started throwing people into trees and fighting everyone. <laughs> and one of the wildest parts of this is that she it says that Sheena was so distressed, his language center broke down and Gija had to reteach him how to speak. What are you talking about? <laughs> bonkers okay so then they get back and uh they're all worried about yona and yoon because they're like oh my god we left him alone with hawk who's on a rampage and then it turns out it is all fine because yona said that she wouldn't talk to him anymore if he continued to be mean and so he is the pleasant the most pleasant he's ever been in his entire life and it's like honestly kind of freaking people out <laughs> oh my gosh we do have to go back and watch that yeah a pleasant hawk what would that be like yeah <laughs> again just boy is so whipped boy oh, is so whipped. he is god bless um the the only thing that i want to say before we move on from this one is that at the very end hawk asks if owl is okay and if they should go look for acorns for her and she and i was like once you rest and i just love that moment between them because they're like bros and he's like oh you like really fucked up right now you need to go take a break (laughs) like we can we can look for acorns later (laughs) Uh, uh, i love the take care trilogy it's the chef's kiss. Yes. It's so 
It is off the wall. Vaguely, vaguely familiar. Yeah, just them being wild and just like Yona. I love Yona's reaction to it too. She just starts like punching trees. (laughs) (laughs) I do remember that part actually. Because I remember being like, what? it's a good time a little feral gremlin <laughs> okay well that is it for 57 and its bonus chapters uh so i think we're gonna cut this here and we're gonna come back for another episode next week for listeners but for now we're just gonna jump on to another one so real quick to take us out um we are on social media uh at the yona pot yet who am i uh on twitter and gmail if you are so inclined to tell us what you think or say hello um and on tumblr with the yona podcast uh and then you can find our twitters um oh if people don't come back for next week uh karen where can people find you where would you do you have like social oh, media i have regular social media just for looking at me being a normal human being so at karen elliott on everything <laughs> <laughs> including linkedin if you're hiring so, <laughs> i'm just saying i'm really good at networking <laughs> that's a really great shout out I think everybody should use the end that way. If you're hiring, hire me. If you are looking for anyone to do anything. (laughs) Yes. For money. That is not illegal. (laughs) And or requires me to be uncomfortable in any way. Yeah. Karen is pro-crime in the right situation. I can be convinced to do a crime. Fair enough. ACAB. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. um, Until next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.